I keep telling this to this is like a visual imagery in my head that I keep telling everyone who asks me that I think I am like a tree with a few shrubs around me right now mm-hmm. but I want to grow into a forest with a lot of you know greenery around me and a lot of <laughs> bigger trees that are thriving so that that's kind of what really motivates me over wow. there Welcome to the What do you do show a podcast where we explore paths to success one guest at a time Hello everyone. I'm your host Shagun and in today's episode we are talking to a business analytics manager Kamalika Podar. Kamalika has been recently promoted to a product manager at a fintech company and has worked in the business analytics space for over half a decade. She came across to me as one of those who can rightly claim I love the job that I do. Kamalika looks to data and numbers for answers to business problems and has been a fintech child ever since her career took off. If you are someone who has a natural liking to crunching numbers, economics as a subject has been amongst your top favorites and like to know the business side of things, you are in for a treat. Uh currently leading a new innovation in the fintech space called account aggregation so we're building a bunch of interesting products that and my vision is that you know we are able to help out a billion indians with that uh so that's what i do in just one line <laughs> <laughs> that's great so i would want to know that you've been vocal about your interest in the fintech space you run a newsletter called the fintech chronicler and um there are so many insights from you that you put up on linkedin um i would want to know where did your interest in this space spark how did that happen uh that's a much longer detailed answer <laughs> uh so i had a typical middle class indian upbringing so which basically meant after 12th standard you do your engineering hmm. uh, landed up in computer engineering after that graduated got a job off campus uh which was luckily in the intersection of where finance and tech meet so it was a core banking product company and we were shipping out we were building the core banking solution the entire tech stack for banks in the middle east in us europe and all of those uh, i still did not understand anything about mm-hmm. the world of finance but it kind of got me interested in marketing strategies right what is business analytics if you had to like uh break it down in very simple terms and how did you venture into this space and how do how does one use business analytics in product and marketing strategies that's a very great question also <laughs> uh, i i think nowadays most people when they think of business analytics they think it's oh you need to you know know like the latest ml or ai algorithms and stuff like that but if you really break it down it's about talking to data okay you try talking to the data that you have try figuring out what the data is telling you use your own sense of the business to figure out what really should be done what's happened mm-hmm. what should be done and what do we do in the future to avoid you know whatever we didn't want to happen from happening so that's the essence of what it is it's like how you and i are having a conversation we're speaking in a language both of us understand mm-hmm. business analytics is about using you know those tools to speak to data 
talk to data okay. understand what it's doing mm-hmm. figure out a way that can help you grow your business mm-hmm. i think that is something that a lot of us miss out mm-hmm. especially when a lot of young kids these days they're like oh i've learned this algorithm and i know how to implement you know in knn means and stuff like that i'm like that's great but where do you use this what do you use this for right like that is i think what business analytics is all about mm-hmm. uh coming to how you use it in products uh i've recently transitioned into product management sp- uh, space and trust me i feel all product managers should have like you know at least spend two years just crunching mm-hmm. numbers and understanding <laughs> numbers because it gives such a better sense of where you should be going next what is mm-hmm. happening yes i agree that user research talking to customers is great as well but sometimes there are subtle cues that people do which you capture because you're in the digital space that probably even the customer isn't that aware of mm-hmm. so that is where i think building products based on data you you'll hear this a lot you have to mm-hmm. be a data driven product manager yeah. simple reason is because the data can tell you a lot more than what people are doing mm-hmm. than what people realize themselves mm-hmm. okay so so when you say that uh, we speak to data okay so i would yep. want to like now get into the specifics of it like when we say <laughs> we speak to data does it mean that we uh you know have an excel in front of us with dozens of data and we you know uh, scour through it and try to make sense out of it do we apply an algorithm to it do we run a script on it how does one speak to data excellent uh so the first thing that you should realize is if you have like which was what you generally happens if you're in the fintech space if you have like petabytes of data you're not going to be able to scour through it all mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the first thing you have to like don't get overwhelmed by trying to get mm-hmm. into everything right. you will have to know that okay this is what i'm looking at these three or four things are the major attributes that i do need to know mm-hmm. pull out those attributes and I, i typically tell this to anyone who's starting out pull out the summations of these like it can either be the sum the average or uh, the median or something like mm-hmm. that that gives you a sense of the entire data set you don't have to go mm-hmm. line by line that is mm-hmm. simply a waste of time mm-hmm. but pull out some kind of a summary out of it mm-hmm. and then on those summaries whatever model you have to build it can be even something as simple as just doing a classification on those four five attributes mm-hmm. just a very simple classifier of sorts mm-hmm. build those and then figure out acha okay if this is the input lever this is how the output is telling us the direction that it's going to go in So mm-hmm. that's how you talk to data. It's not like you have to. Excel is my tool of choice. Mm-hmm. I've been using it since I was in eleventh standard. So mm-hmm. yes, a little too comfortable. <laughs> uh, but there are other great tools out there as well. Yeah. You can use start the statistical packages like uh, statistical analysis software SAS. You can use R. You can use a bunch of other tools that are out there for you to make sense of all of this. You don't have to. explore mm-hmm. tools yes but mm-hmm. you don't have to be stuck on to just one tool mm-hmm. okay so uh, let's say if one is not in the business analytics space or does not have a lot of professional experience or is starting out or you know wants to start out can they build a portfolio in business analytics maybe you know uh download some chunk of data from the internet and uh, you know Absolutely. have their you know uh, predict something or uncover the trends and write out the write down their insights on it do do people do something on on these lines to help to hone their craft in, <laughs> in fact finally when i was starting out as a business analyst mm-hmm. 
the reason i started creating writing articles and like becoming really consistent on linkedin mm-hmm. was exactly because of what you said i wanted to make okay. sense of not just what i was doing at work mm-hmm. but also the broader trends to see if i'm really getting a sense of numbers in general not just mm-hmm. my particular business area and there are so many data sets out there mm-hmm. just for example world bank has amazing economics data for, for like any any metric that you can think of any index you want to track world bank has probably five different metrics you can mm-hmm. uh, you know that they supply you with the last uh, 15 years or 20 years of data i think so that that's a huge chunk of data over there for you so right. if you are interested yes there are a lot of places where you can go and build out all of this and it can be um there are different forums that offer different kinds of information so if you are in the finance space world bank has brilliant data world bank imf uh if you are into banking bis also has a lot of these data sets but otherwise also suppose say you want to talk about the latest social media trend hmm open source platforms like kaggle which host a lot yeah. of these data science competitions a mm. lot of people come and put in their own data over there mm-hmm. and you can you don't have to participate in the contest over there but you can just download the data and see what sense you're making out of it mm-hmm. if you participate in the contest of course you get those brownie points of you know getting that badge and it has a lot of industry cred, uh, cred as well mm-hmm. so that is definitely a great thing that you can do to get started you don't mm-hmm. have to be the top ranked kaggle uh, solver out there yeah. you can just have a portfolio that you know you link and tell people that yes i've worked on this this mm-hmm. is proof of work so yeah this is proof of work exactly yes because it shows that you took the effort of going outside the realms of your everyday work and actually are invested in the process of drawing insights from data and that you've made a conscious effort to understand whether i'm understanding it right or not so absolutely think, yeah that shows and um like you said you use the word that you know pull four five attributes and uh, take the summation average of it when somebody pulls four five attributes out of a data set right does that mean that they must have very good business sense or user research because what attributes to pull out is not something uh, that will come just come to anyone you would have to know that this is important or it this is this is a metric that needs to be measured and that's the reason i'm pulling it out of this data and you know plotting it so uh do you would you say that there is a good business sense also involved there fair enough yes you do and one of the things that i like doing to understand to get a sense of the business is hmm. to just read a lot of these news publications and uh the so for example et prime has some amazing if any business that you want mm-hmm. they have some amazing articles that covers that gives you a sense of what is it that drives these businesses okay. so you have to keep reading up on these industry news articles mm-hmm. and stay abreast so that you get a sense of okay if i want to track because i'm from the payment space yes. i want to track the what's going to drive my margins in the next month mm-hmm. so i do know that the input levers for my margin is what is the bank take rate that i have mm-hmm. what is the give rate that i am giving to my merchants mm-hmm. on that basis which merchant segment has you know the potential most potential to grow in terms of the uh, the number of transactions that they do mm-hmm. are there other payment modes for example if you take a upi versus credit card the rates are different over there mm-hmm. so are there different kinds of payment modes that are involved that i can use so these are something that will come to you it won't be there from day one 
mm-hmm. but if you wanted to be there from day one yeah then the only thing that you need to do is to start reading about the industry mm-hmm. stay like figure out what is it and the good thing now is that we have so many public listed companies right. you just need to go through their financial report you don't even have to look at the numbers probably store that for a later time mm. but just go through what it is that their board and their uh, the, the ceo and the cfos are saying about the company what are the metrics that they want to track you'll mm. get a pretty decent sense of what it is you need to lo- look you know those attributes that you need to pull out Mm. and then go back to your mentors or your managers at work to figure out okay i figured these attributes but what can drive these attributes right. because it's not possible for you to know everything at once mm-hmm. so yeah okay so that means having a holistic or a bigger picture view of things of you know what is going on being abreast with yep. that and then capturing yep. that knowledge into uh you know uh, analyzing the data and then driving that data driven decision making is a term that we come across so often now that we are powered by data data driven decision making <laughs> data driven decision making and because yeah. i also feel that data does not lie uh sometimes consumer habits may uh show something they must be something other on the inside but the data <laughs> won't lie the data will show you the absolute truth So well that really depends on the analyst because mm. it, in the analytics community there's this very popular saying that torture data enough and it will confess to any crimes you wanted to <laughs> so you really don't slice and dice it and you know dice out the pieces that don't sit with your narrative okay. you've got to be honest on that side so mm-hmm. yes that's definitely a trait that <laughs> business analysts should look at you do, you you've got to be honest with what's out there so yeah <laughs> Okay so um we were talking about you being a business analyst and how you started out how does one start out in this space i mean how do they make uh how do they make sense of this uh where what businesses should they look out for where must one apply is there a template to it or is there some you know rough path that you could you know chart out for us that how can one get themselves acquainted to this and understand whether it's my cup of tea or not um so i'll probably narrate a funny story from work hmm. <laughs> and see if it you know like and and then let people know how it applies to whether okay. you want to become a business analyst or not so we recently had this exercise a team building exercise where we had like a paper stuck at our back and everyone had to write one nice thing about you mm-hmm. uh finally two people wrote that i'm great with maths okay I, and i i don't know like i looked at it i was like how is this a compliment this is like uh. a skill like <laughs> but then when i went back and thought about it yes i do enjoy numbers like anytime someone even asks me take a guess i'm doing some mental mental maths in my head and then coming up with a rough number so that is something that you if you enjoy mm. doing that if yeah. you enjoy you know doing those random calculations even if your peop- even if your friends are like do take a guess of what happened like what the just for example if there's a test match going on and someone's like tell, take a guess as to how much runs they they'll going to make today and you're like doing random calculations in your head <laughs> then probably mm-hmm. you do make a good analyst over there mm-hmm. but that said i don't think like it's kind of wrong to say that only people with a very strong maths uh, background make great analysts mm-hmm. uh, because i've seen people coming in from 
economics background where they didn't have hard maths as you know a, a very mm-hmm. good or a lot of subjects in maths rather let's put it that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and they were still amazing analysts like one of my managers back in axis she was from an economics background but amazing with the sense that the business is doing mm-hmm. uh, so that is also something that you need to take into account right do you have a good sense of the business do you want to figure out what else can happen if you know this thing turns a little sideways or that thing goes not according to trend mm-hmm. like that inquisitiveness i think that is one major major thing when it comes to business analysts is that you have to be very curious about what else mm-hmm. it's not just you know the what now mm-hmm. but you have to try answering what else as well mm-hmm. and that sense kind of only comes if you are well aware of the business mm-hmm. if you can of course being good at maths like what my friends uh, colleagues tell me at work it's, it's <laughs> an added advantage but you also need to know when to apply what it's not mm-hmm. always that you know you can go about like there is something called analysis paralysis by analysis right yeah. so you need to know where to draw draw that stopping line as well so mm-hmm. i think these three things broadly is something that people need to keep in mind when they mm-hmm. are looking into getting yeah. into it but the ah. good thing is now mm-hmm. almost every industry yeah. has a lot of data mm. we're tracking and monitoring a lot of things of so even if you feel that i'm not someone who understands the tech space too well trust me your area probably also has a lot of you know mm. <laughs> even the real estate uh, sector now has a lot yes. of data to play around with so you can definitely make a mark if that is your cup of tea mm-hmm. yes so that means not necessarily box yourself that you know hey i am not that great with numbers so maybe it's not my cup of tea maybe the act of drawing insights from that data and powering decisions would make you feel very accomplished or would give you that motivation Absolutely. or that drive and on that note Absolutely. i would want to ask you uh, how do you think you make a difference in the fintech space or with your work that you do and that it actually drives definitely a big motivation is the fact that some of the products we're shipping out now hmm. is going to help a lot of underserved people okay. and by underserved pe- people i mean women hmm. women in the financial ecosystem are extremely extremely underserved you you see for every there was some uh, recent stat that i read for every 7 men who apply for a loan there are only two women who apply for a loan and this is just the application process so the, mm-hmm. the rejection rate is probably even higher, higher simply because there isn't data for women mm-hmm. uh, so that is definitely something and then msmes they've been struggling of course we have this entire make in india and all of that going on but msmes without credit have been struggling for a very long time now mm-hmm. uh, so the fact that we are building solutions that is going to help not just these people grow but even the lenders on the other side to make informed decisions on whom they're lending out to mm-hmm. without having the bad side of what we've seen happening in the digital lending side of things mm-hmm. that i think is something that it it really motivates me to go out there and build something that's useful to both sides of the platform that's mm-hmm. helping everyone move forward at the same time i keep telling this to this is like a visual imagery in my head that i keep telling everyone who asks me that I think I am like a tree with a few shrubs around me right now mm-hmm. but I want to grow into a forest with a lot of you know greenery around me and a lot of <laughs> bigger trees that are thriving so that's that's kind of what really motivates me over wow. there
really nice and uh, i just felt feel that people think that we can only make create social impact by being on the front line or working on the ground but uh see you with working with the fintech space and creating products and services are that are targeting underserved people you're actually indirectly creating that kind of social impact which is feeding back into your own system and making you feel fulfilled that hey i did this Absolutely. for these section of people maybe though they they don't have a name or you know i cannot see that person being impacted with the work that i did but i know that somebody is leading a little better life because i worked on this so so Absolutely. i i believe that motivation is really important at the end of the day uh, other than the paycheck that comes in but yeah that is also very important <laughs> One point one. Absolutely. Uh, so now I would want to like you know talk about creating a digital identity for yourself and a digital persona because it's so important now that one speak about their work because as one of our uh, previous guests on one of the shows said that uh, your work does not have vocal cords but you do. So your <laughs> so you have to speak for your work and you have to put it out there into the world. and you've been doing that beautifully on linkedin and you've been very consistent uh take us through that journey how do you do how do you maintain um you know that consistency and the quality that comes with it so consistency i believe is easy when you compromise on the quality of content that you're putting out but uh thought leadership comes with its own uh, responsibilities of creating quality content that people relate and go back and think to and come back and add more inputs on so how has that journey been for you so i think there's been a lot of changes from when i started out to now when i started out because i didn't like i mentioned right i didn't have that much of an understanding of the world of finance Mm-hmm. for me everything was like i had to document and put out my notes somewhere that's mm-hmm. simply how i remember and learn uh, so that's how it started out and it was fairly easy to be consistent back then because you're just starting out on your learning curve and you know that you know this it's a roller coaster ride so you're just waiting for that for you to reach that peak so back then it wasn't too hard Mm-hmm. but after a point and the, the good thing for me is that i've still not reached that peak because i happen to be in the fintech space where every day either the rbi is coming up with something new that i have to read <laughs> yes. or you know some other uh, innovator something is happening <laughs> yeah or some other innovator somewhere is doing something or there's just mm-hmm. something broken in the system that needs to be fixed so mm-hmm. that way i think it's it's going to take me a while to reach the peak but along the way one thing that i realized is that it's not always necessary for me to do the entire research and the reading right from scratch hmm. there are some equally or or how do i say there's some amazingly well researched uh great insightful people out there hmm. and i just make sure that i follow all of them Mm. be it on linkedin be it on youtube be it on twitter i've made sure that i follow them irrespective of which platform they are on mm. and every time they put out a content i go and read up on it and try figuring okay what what does this mean what next what mm-hmm. what is the impact that's going to have that's going to happen to me that's going to happen to mm. the normal people like my parents and stuff like that and that also those conversations also end up becoming quality content right because you have your own thoughts 
mm-hmm. you're engaging with a thought leader you're engaging with an expert so and when you put those things together those perspectives together people just feel it's like really really insightful but really i have to thank the people i follow for those insights so yeah yeah but then uh, it is also on you to follow and to have your own version of uh, you know thought process from what they have put out right i believe no content is original content all of us are you know <laughs> borrowing from each other and learning okay. there so that, that is always there but still to have your own opinion on something is very important and not to because just because some xyz person put something out and i am now uh, you know maybe Absolutely. you disagree with them and putting that out also and understanding that is also very important and seeing how it impacts the people around you to have a very ground level understanding of things because i feel in this Absolutely. world one gets caught up in the in the jargon in the words in the <laughs> high level of things the abstract world that like they don't see what real ground impact are we looking at how is that happening and i think because one does that it reflects in the things that maybe you're putting out and uh, you know creating so yeah so i would say disagreements are pretty healthy hmm. provided you're not being disrespectful yeah <laughs> so and that's something i've always followed every time i have a different opinion I start out by telling them why I liked what they put up, mm-hmm. and then I go on to saying that. However, this mm-hmm. piece is where I see a different opinion out there, and hear me out because this is why. Mm-hmm. And the minute you're being respectful and disagreeing, I think people are more open to having your views heard out. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you just start out by saying no, you don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have my defensive barriers up on. So I yeah. think that's something. I I wasn't always like this. I think it's something. that i could say i've aged wisely <laughs> but yeah it does come with a little bit of trial and error you figure out how to approach people better and that just it and the best thing is a lot of the times i've noticed that the people i've disagreed with they tend to remember me better than the people i agree with yeah so that's, that's also i think it's... <laughs> we remember that one person who did not like what we wrote or put out but True. all those 100 other people who reacted supported just go down the drain but that one person is always there in our head but that's just the human psyche and how we work uh i would like to ask you one last question and that is that you feel fulfilled in your job you like what you do but there are not many people who do that and maybe some people out here the listeners maybe somebody is looking to transition they don't know where they are at or you know there is this unsatisfaction and you know unfulfillment but they do not know what to do with it what do you have to say to somebody who is not happy with what they do at work believe me i've been there <laughs> i've been there and know what you're going through but honestly the only person who can help you out is yourself and for the longest time i kept thinking that oh no if i get that project maybe i'll do better or you know i should try probably doing something else but i never took action i just kept formulating ideas ki agar ye mil jata to acha hota agar wo ho jata to acha hota but mm-hmm. i was in the one in charge right. i was expecting something else to happen to me mm-hmm. so the day that i decided that no i'm going to be doing this and i'm going to be doing this with 100% i started seeing results happening to me mm-hmm. versus the other way around where you expect something to happen to you and then you start taking action i think that seldom works Mm-hmm. So the first thing, if you are feeling dissatisfied, and it happens to everyone, I mean, you can see people who are probably at the peak of their careers feeling dissatisfied, mm-hmm. and that's okay. 
just just know that that's okay it just probably means you've reached a level where you are not learning or you are not able to contribute as much as you feel you can this happens to everyone but the thing you need to start doing is to figure out how can you start learn if it is you know that you feel learning is holding you back then how do you start learning again on the job or outside if it is that you feel your contributions are not adding value figure out where it is that your skills will be more valuable if it's within the company great if it's outside that's good too start networking and figure out you know the next place that's going to value you absolutely start networking and find the set of people who are going to enable you in doing what you want to do with your uh, <laughs> yeah skills and passion totally absolutely that was kamalika for you i could almost feel the passion sitting on this side of the screen i've always said this is there something you always do without anyone having to say it in there lies your natural instinct and talent to do things kamalika's tendency to calculate the probabilities of random everyday things shows that she likes to look at things from a data lens and plucks those insight to create change in business are you also that person i will leave that for you to answer